Hello, hello, hello. Bingo. Okay, good. So you're back. I'm back. It's been How long have you been back? A long and stressful journey, uh, but I've returned fresher than ever. And You've actually been back for a long time, though, haven't you? I've been back for like, yeah, over a month. Um, Is it I, only a month? Yeah, I got back on the uh, oh, of course, 15th, yeah. I think. Mm. And what was what it today? 24th? A month and a bit. 25th. Yeah. Month and a bit, yeah. So, yeah, I'm happy to be back, actually. It's Damn, nice. Sorry. In some ways. In yeah, other ways. Of course. The so, weather's closing in and I start to feel slightly depressed. So, for all the listeners out there, aka my mum, tell me, um, <laughs> <laughs> tell me, where have you been? Um, so, we started in Mexico. So you went with Mike, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Good friend Mike. Good friend. Mexico, with. Guatemala, Nicaragua, El Salvador, Honduras, Costa Rica, who Colombia. Did you, who did you see in Costa Rica? I saw your, your stri- a beautiful specimen <laughs> of a man. <laughs> it yeah. was me. It was Alex. Yeah. Um, that was a good bit. Uh, Colombia, and then Thailand, Singapore... Vietnam. That's it. I came back. I wow. Think. I think that was it. Yeah. No, uh, Cam- Cambodia as well. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. It took a while. It was uh, eight eight or nine months. So That's was, a good... I think travelling is very good for the soul, isn't it? Um, you disagree? I think, yeah. I think I probably went for too long. You think for so? For me personally, yeah. Oh, okay. <clears throat> Um, but but prob- good for the soul in general, right? Yeah. yeah. I think it probably four and a half months was enough. Yeah. The, last, the last two of just always travelling, I found a bit sort of... It can get... It can get a you... A bit samey you, in a weird way. Well, no, I think also <coughs> the sort of tra- travelling, the commuting part, so mm, to say, to different mm-hmm. areas is quite tiresome. And, like, I think... And not knowing anyone for more than, like, a day. It's just like... Yeah. Not to be rushed. Sorry, not to um, sound a bit. What was it ungrateful? But I think it's just. My yeah, I went dis- to Cambodia, but it was shit. So yeah, like I got daddy to send me like six grand, so like <laughs> can just come back straight away. Do you know what I mean? Oh, we're staying in this all-inclusive <laughs> resort. We're really like connected with like the local culture. Thing is, though, I hate the locals, so I actually really didn't enjoy it. Was it was great actually because there was a Macadies around the corner. So <laughs> um, no, 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 nothing like that. It's just um, and just to obviously clarify, I did pay for it all myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it was very good. And then I went back out to Guatemala for a couple of months. It's very good as well. Mm. And I much preferred that, I think, because I wasn't moving you around. Were, yeah, exactly. You stayed in one place. And that was great. Mm. I think I'm. I think I like that side of it. I think I quite like a routine. And like, obviously, when you're travelling, like, yeah. you sort of don't really have one. Mm. But yeah, very the, good. When I went travelling, the, the parts I enjoyed the most was where I stayed for yeah. for longer periods of time. But automatically, before you go, you think, oh, I just want to do as much as possible. Yeah. Let's and go then, on to the next place. Yeah, next, next place, place, next place. But actually, that's not... You should really just find somewhere, like, really, really cool and just set off, like, a couple of weeks. And mm. just, because then you can meet people as well and just, like, hang out and... What, yeah. did, what did you learn about yourself, about the world? Uh, I think I learned that I don't want to do any more travelling. <laughs> what, forever? Uh, not, not, for a, not, for, not for probably, like, a long period of time. That's okay. Because um, I've done I, two, I two lots like, of six months now. I feel like most people feel like that when they come back, though. They feel like, yeah, yeah. okay, I need a routine. I need. I spent one fifth comforts. of my adult life 
abroad. Um, it's quite a long what? amount of it. One fifth of your adult life abroad. Yeah. What are you five? Of my adult life. Adult life. Sorry, with you. Abroad. So since I could pay for it myself, basically, twenty mm. percent of that has not been in the country. So that's great. It's quite a lot, isn't it? <coughs> um, what else did I learn? Stereotypes are normally justified. Oh yeah, <laughs> I learned that. Not necessarily in a bad way. It's just sort of. Could you elaborate? Um, I just think that, um, like, you're talking Asian, about the, the Asian, British. Asian or? people are as rude as you think they are, but they're not being rude. It's just rude to us. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, but that, that's learning about different cultures and like how people. Like for example, when I went travelling, the Europeans were very blunt and like especially the Germans blunt oh, the Germans, to the point. Yeah. And I just realised that that's just how they speak. Like in terms of the German language, yeah. You but, know, that's, but that's just a stere- that's what I'm saying. It's a stereotype of the Germans as well. Is that they're like that? But but that's to us though. Maybe there's like a stereotype that exists within a nationality of another nationality. There is, of course. Mm. It's obviously the, the way that people view. British people. Like I, I went. I can't remember where we were. I can't tell you how many times you got asked to I know the Queen. I was like, no. <laughs> so <laughs> I um, was in this like rest in peace. This place in Thailand, and um, this guy, I walked in. Was like, oh, how are you? Like, where are you from? He's like, you're British, aren't you? I was like, yeah. He's like, how? how? I hadn't spoken. It's that fine. I was like, how did you know? He's like, just what you're wearing. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think obviously people have stereotypes of us as well. Yeah, definitely, think. 100%. But I think Some probably, of them are true. I think we probably live up to them pretty well. Yeah. What I really didn't like is that, like, <coughs> what I found is some, the stereotype of British people are, like... Mm, the lads. The lads. And that's loud. very much true. What? Speak for yourself, mate. Well, 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 yeah. But of all the lads, uh, yeah. there were a lot of lads travelling. I tried... Always just boozing and I stuff. really tried to, dis, like, Distance. dispel that uh-huh. discourse. And, like... <laughs> I learnt a bit of German, so I could be like, mm-hmm. I do try. I, I'm, you're fighting we're shit with languages. There, but, what's that? You're, you're fighting against the tide there, I think, aren't you? I know, I know. Yeah, I learnt a bit of Spanish as well. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it was really good. I had a really good, really, 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 really good time. Um, what about philosophically? Um, can you elaborate on that? Looking a bit deeper, like, what did, what did you learn about yourself? Or what did you learn about... So you talked about the world, like you're talking very literal sense. I'm talking a bit, a bit more mystique. Yeah, interesting. What did I learn about the world? Like, do, do you feel a bit smaller because you realise how big a world there is out there? <laughs> no, not really. No? Um, or humbled. Some people feel humbled. Do they? Because they just realise how big the world is, and it is big. How small our problems are compared to others. That's very true, actually. Um, I think I learn. Um, weirdly, I learned that um, I love my I love my country. Oh, not necess- not in the necessarily the patriotic sense, but in the in the sense that I think before I had to view. This isn't looking deeper. This is still literal, but I struggle with that. It's okay. Um, before I had to view that I could live somewhere else in the world yeah. and really enjoy it, but actually, I think some people can because. And I think a lot of people that can and that move long term or that travel constantly maybe don't have like a great situation where they are. And I think part of what going away maybe realised was that I actually do have a very good life here, which maybe I didn't know realise before. Mm. Yeah. Um, 
just in terms of the, the friendships I have and family and um, things that I like about the, the country that I wouldn't be able to get in other places. Um, so yeah, it made me. Um, I think it's good when you're you're happy to come home because it shows that you've you've really like lived that experience to the full, and you're then ready to sort gain of... a bit of perspective. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I, enjoy, I enjoyed. I learned that as well. Um, I also learned that people are very. I think people of other nationalities are generally nicer than the British. Yeah, in terms of like, they're much. People are so happy to have you in their country, in general, mm. and very very excited to show you like what they're they're about and like <clears throat> what what you know is the food of the town or the city or really happy to give directions and speak to you about their lives whereas I'm not sure if a traveller came here they'd have that same experience necessarily I, I suspect they might do in some places but mm. I, I thought that um, the openness of a lot of people especially just to like invite you in and like give you food and stuff was just like not something you'd really get no <clears throat> no would you do it? no <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying yeah yeah I, I guess uh, that that comes down to a cultural thing as well, maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, and obviously we met up in Costa Rica, didn't we? We did. Um, that was... I had a wonderful time, by the way. Yeah. Wonderful it, was, time. it really ignited... I know you were sort of getting a bit tiresome at that point, maybe. <laughs> but it really ignited my Sorry. my love for travelling. And just and it, I, in fact, I specifically requested that I spend a couple of days on my own. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm going to fly to this place, meet me here, take your time is what I pretty oh, much yeah. said in uh-huh. so many words. And it, yeah, it just reminded me how mm. how easy, I don't know, easy it is solo travelling, that you get forced into this social situations, you have to make friends. You People realise or recognise that you're on your own, come and say hello to you, or you just get, the, you know, pluck up the courage to go, which I did, over to a group and say, hi, I heard you're talking about politics, because they were talking about politics. So I was like, would you mind if I joined? And then... Yeah, we went did a sunset walk and things grew from there. And yeah, and you again meeting different people from different cultures, you learn from them mm, um, very much. So. And yeah, I think it's not to gain from. Who's that. your favourite nationality of traveller? Um, the Germans. I really like the Germans. Yeah, they're good. <coughs> Just very, because they're very funny. They're very funny. They're very blunt. Very direct. They're usually very friendly. Yeah, um, that's my just German experience. Good Germans. So I like the Dutch as well. Dutch uh, in the same sense. Dutch very nice, bit actually. warmer, I think, than the Germans, yeah. but slightly less sort of um, sarky, which I like about yeah. the Germans. Yeah, it's I quite funny. like about the Germans. Yeah, um, um, the, but I think the French like to speak in their own language, which so is they obviously stick together. Actually, they do stick together. Uh, all French speaking. Yeah. Oh, I've never come across. Uh, um, but um, but I think that might be to do with our sort of arrogance in not learning another language as well as other countries, maybe. Well, I did, so stick that up your pie hole. <laughs> <laughs> I've tried. Um, my, my books are actually down there. I need to pick it up again. The, um, the exercise books. The Canadians I didn't really like. Everyone likes oh, good bangs on about the Canadians, but they're just... Um, they're just the same as Americans, but they just think they're better. 
but they're clearly not. We are talking and we're brushing people with a broad. I know. What's the what's the phrase? Uh, it's brushing uh, with a broad stroke or something like that. Painting with a a roll on. We're generalising. <laughs> yeah, we're generalising. We're just speaking generally. Based on our experiences. Based on the experiences. This is not a study I've done. This is just based on my own unique and mm. it's got a small sample size. <laughs> Very small <laughs> sample size, yeah. Um, probably didn't help that, you know, a lot of the Americans and Canadians that go travelling are either sort of spring breakers. Oh, yeah. So sort of British lads equivalent jocks or they're sort of a bit hippies and I don't like that either cause I love them walking around I'm, bare feet oh barefoot if I could wear if I could walk the barefoot. locals hate them but they think they love them <laughs> <laughs> if I could walk around barefoot in Bristol I would without risk of hepatitis C <laughs> would you actually why I love being barefoot I did it in New Zealand Oh, they all do that, don't they? The yeah. supermarket and that. Yeah. <coughs> you just feel a bit... Seems a bit dangerous. There's actually a guy on um, Instagram called the I've Barefoot Guy. guy. He's I'll weird. follow him He's now. got weird feet, isn't he? He's got those feet that are like... They the curl. All, they're all like splay, yeah, splayed out because cool. like he hasn't worn shoes in about five years. Like some sort of I mean, bird's claw. <laughs> <laughs> and he does like a foot bump. It's a bit, oh, I know who you're talking about. For those who... Like uh, yeah. yeah. He, he does look like a bit of a... Hippie, yeah. But yeah, That's I think so I'd get on with him. But yeah, he basically asks people on the street, usually young women, um, I'd like to add. Yeah. So, um, so there's a reason that you follow him then? No. What, that young women get their feet out on, yeah. on, the, on the account? That's not the reason. Well, it, it must be up That's not the reason that I follow him, okay? Okay. Um, and yeah, he just asks them, he's like, would you ever go barefoot? And they're like, yeah. And then they take their shoes off, and they're like, and she's like, how does it feel? And most people say, and um, how I feel when I go barefoot, the rare occasion I do, I feel like well, I'm like, a bit close to the earth. Yeah, like, it's cool but he's just deep. asking, how many people does he ask? I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. <laughs> What's the success asked, rate? Because if someone came up to me on the street, pointed a camera at my face. Mate, get your feet out. I said, yeah, do you want to get your feet out? I go, fuck off, I'm on my way to work. <laughs> Imagine if he could like, talk to the suits getting off the train. Hey, mate, get your feet out. Get a fucking job. <laughs> Maybe that is his job. And i tell you what, if he earns could money be. doing that, I'm quitting my job tomorrow. <laughs> to look at young ladies' feet in a consensual way. Mm, yeah. Yes, concerning. Um, what, is there anything you regret or that you you didn't like oh no we talked about didn't, not liking sort of travelling quite a lot being quite tiresome mm. um, tiring moving around all the time yeah. but yeah, is there anything you regret doing regret doing I think you only regret things that you don't do when you're travelling or regret doing then I think you only think you regret things that you don't do no no I, it's an open ended question is there anything you regret either doing oh, or not, not doing. doing I see what you're saying yes um not doing I kind of did everything but not because I wanted to complete it mate yeah like but <clears throat> what I often found was I think you're <clears throat> I think you're sorry I think what you're kind of trying to basically do is I know, the, with your questions is that lots of people come back from travelling with a more open mind hmm. and they're happy they did things and when sometimes when they do things they don't think they're going to like they like it whereas for me my I feel like I'm exactly the same <clears throat> and whenever I tried something I thought I wasn't going to like I didn't like it 
<laughs> I knew I wasn't going to like it, and I did like it. Um, there was one occasion though where I did like something. That's still that's still learning though. That's still learning about yourself. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, trust my instincts. I trust my instincts. Like, like when we I did am... the big flying thing. What was the that? Big flying thing? on the big zip? Uh, zip oh, that wire. was sick. We did like, basically we just we did like a zip wire in Costa Rica, which is apparently the world's high highest, longest, it's the longest. In South America, South America. Oh South America. yeah, it was like a cop out, wasn't it? It was only like the longest in like Costa Rica or something. It was the longest in the region. In the region, <laughs> <laughs> which is sort of hard to define. Um, and you sort of went. It must have been like hundred meters above the canopy. One mm. of them. Mm. You sort of led like Superman, so you're facing down yeah. to the earth with your arms splayed out. Yeah. Sort of like you've been crucified, but in a in a way that that you um, have to pay for the experience. Um, <laughs> And I knew I wasn't going to like it, but I did it anyway. I hated it. Yeah, so, I remember. Well, then you did the Tarzan swing, didn't you? That was sick. What, so what was that about? So that's where you're basically on a ledge and you're attached to a point and you jump and then you sort of swing. It, right. You jump and you feel like you're going to fall to you, your death. You are then, actually falling to the earth, though, yeah. at that point. And then it catches you and it sort of swings. Um, and I, I like that because there's an... A couple of seconds, or maybe half a second, or whatever. I think it was like a whole second. Whole second, then, where literally you, your body thinks you're about your to body die. thinks you're going to die, what and it's a about? thrilling experience. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not. Uh, well, I've, oh, also, something I did realize when I'm traveling. I'm not a daredevil. Uh, okay, I don't like that. To might be, be linked. Daredevil. Yeah. Um, I realized I was a bit of a thrill really? seeker. Really, mm. bit of a thrill seeker. Yeah. That's good. Because, I mean, like, I don't think I would ever, like, consciously, like, in this country anyway, go and seek out, like, a right. skydive or whatever. But when I was over there, I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I say That's yes. That's a good point, actually. Because mm. um, I still did all that stuff, mm. you know. And I can say I've done it. But... Yeah, you can say you've done it. You don't need to say that you didn't like it and scream like a girl all the way down. That was a bit... It was a, bit uh, a bit close to the bone. <laughs> a bit close to the bone. Scream like a... Um, like, you're, like a wuss. Like a worse, yeah. Oh, you were being politically correct. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It was good. I had a good time. Good. Had a good time. I think, in terms of what you've learned from your travelling experience, I think there's a lot that you maybe don't realise. You're just a bit more aware of other cultures, like, but you may not realise it or may not need to I've be also, aware. I've also realised this thing, oh. right? So, <clears throat> we had a few friends come out to meet us. And then since I've come, that's me, like yourself included. Mm. And then since I come back, like I've been talking to them in a group, and they've been like, "Oh, do you remember that thing?" Mm. And I'm like, I fucking completely forgot that even happened. So I think I do have a lot of really good memories. I'm just a terrible, oh, I've got terrible long term. I'm sure I it all feels like thing. a blur. Like my my experience, it's weird, feels isn't it? Like a blur. But then if you went, for example, because obviously you only came out for like a, whatever ten days or whatever. Yeah. Mm. I would definitely remember everything that happened in those 10 days. But because it was like 200 days, mm-hmm. like locking onto any one experience, so I have to look at that's photos. Un- that's understandable. It's a, lot, it's a lot like um, if you do a lot of one thing, they all, it all blurs into one. For example, when people are asked to recall like the drive over here, for, did you drive here? Yeah. Did, do you remember anything in particular about the drive? No. No. That's scary, isn't it? Yeah. In terms of driving. Um, yeah. Yeah. I also found that obviously, like, when you travel, time passes a lot slower. Mm. Because you don't... Well, you don't have a, a set 
agenda. Exactly. Yeah. So I quite like that's that. That's quite interesting. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. I like I could literally take my time in deciding what I was going to do that day and you know nothing was concrete and Yeah. And I think I'm sure Mike was the same as well. Like you didn't hold each other back. Oh no. And actually I think it's very healthy that you took some time solo. Mhm. Very, very happy. Yeah, um, definitely didn't hold each other back. If Mike ever said he wanted to do something, I'd be like, "Yeah, let's fucking do it." Yeah. Um, so, I think in that in that regard, it was good to go as a as like a pair because you you would you would do stuff that you wouldn't normally do on your own as well. Yeah. That's um, cool. And actually, I think Mike's the sort of person who will egg you on. Yeah. He gets obsessed about lots of things. Yeah, yeah, like free soloing, which I said was a really bad idea, but we did it anyway. What's free soloing? So free soloing is basically when you do rock climbing but with no ropes. Oh, clever. Um, above, like, a body of water. Well, oh. it doesn't have to be above a body of water. Yeah. But in this occasion, it, it was oh. on in Halong Bay. But as far as we could work out, they banned it in, <coughs> in Thailand and in certain areas of Vietnam because tourists kept like dying like falling like breaking their backs and shit because mm. um, it's super dangerous like yeah. over a certain height like a body of water just becomes like the floor concrete yeah <laughs> um, and we did like the first little climb and we climbed like 10, 10 12 metres up and then mm-hmm. to jump off yeah and then he was like yeah that's just the warm up I was like what the fuck are you talking about oh my about? god no I could barely climb but I haven't done any climbing in like a year. Mm. Um, you know, but it was, you know, it was alright. <laughs> Henry's take on his tra- six months travelling. It's alright. Yeah, I think it's Carl Pilkington response. And how about politics? You want to talk about? I was going to say just one last thing. How's settling back in? Uh, yeah, it's alright. It's alright. Yeah, yeah, I've got. Um, Obviously, since the last podcast is when I lost my job, mm. uh, I've got a new job now, so that's good. Excellent. Um, <sighs> got a new job now, um, which is good. It's finally in the career path I want it to be in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think traveling was also good for that, because I think sometimes when you're at home or when you're in your routine, you can get sort of locked into what you think is the right path. Yeah. I think because Cause it's easy yeah. it's Change nice and good. easy um, and then when you just take a little step back or quite a big step back mm. um, you know you want a bit of a change so I'm not saying that necessarily happened to me but I think that um, I think it was a good opportunity to solidify that was definitely what I wanted um, okay. so yeah so excellent trying to talk about politics then okay stop, stop talking about you stop making it about you I know sorry um well, let's talk about the budget, okay. or the, sorry, not fiscal the budget, event. the fiscal event, or the mini-budget, which is horseshit, by the way, because of how big it was, it it could have been a whole fucking budget. It, it was basically a budget. It's the it? biggest, one of the biggest budgets in like yeah. 50 years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it wasn't, it so wasn't it, even like a, it wasn't even just like a regular size budget, it was fucking massive. Well, the only reason why they didn't call it a budget is so that the OBR doesn't have to do predictions or um also they don't have to do that on because obviously these budgets that they've been releasing in september is a recent thing right 
Um, normally they just did a budget once a year oh, in April. Yeah. So they never have to release figures for those. But it's just been practice so far that they have done. <coughs> I see. Yeah, so... Um, so a couple of things in there. Yeah, so what was in there? Uh, so bankers' bonuses cuts. Yeah. What do you think about um, Let's just talk about it as... Um, you're not, for it, it, aren't you? Let's not talk about it politically. Let's just talk about it as an idea as a whole. You're talking about the optics? No, I'm not. No. I'm talking about Go on. not okay. the optics. Okay. Okay. Practically, it's not... After I did a bit of research into it, it's actually not a terrible idea. Um, really? It's not like... It's not going to make any sort of earth-shattering changes or anything. All it does is it means that Essentially, what there was before was there was a you could only earn was it twice your mm-hmm. only yeah, <laughs> only in inverted commas um, twice your salary um, as, as a bonus. bonus if you're a banker. But in, bear in mind, like bankers get paid six figures at least. Be that as it may. Yes. Um, a lot of people argued that all it meant was that bankers just received much higher base salaries. salaries. Mm. So just all it did was move it. Cause bank, it's not like bankers are getting paid any less no, in no. in Frankfurt than they are in New York. Otherwise, they'd all go live in New York. Mm. Um, I think what the idea is there is to see if we could drive a few big banks or a few investment firms back to London since Brexit. And it's an easy way to appease that group of people. Because it means that they're guaranteed a higher bonus. Maybe mm. it's lower starting salary, but I think that bankers like mm. big commissions. So I've got a couple of problems with this idea. A pr- couple of issues, sorry. Okay, we're not ta- remember we're not talking optics right now. We're talking practically. Okay. Um, practically, we'll then. Move on to the optics. Fine. <coughs> practically, is it not... Because we've uncapped the bonus, right. are we not going to encourage a sort of risky behaviour that the bankers were partaking in pre-2008 crash? I think that that... Even is, though we're already in a recession. I think that would be, um, yeah, a bit of a worry. Um, I think a part of the point of the cap was that bank, even if it meant that bankers got higher base salaries, it meant that you weren't necessarily working towards big risky decisions that would have high payoffs, um, which would get you a commission because you had a high base salary so it wouldn't be necessary so I think in in that way yeah you, you you would be a bit worried that that's exactly what will happen so that bankers will then start yeah making riskier trades to get that high commission um, and of course their reason for doing this is to growth. try to promote growth it's all about growth it's not trickle down economics it's just about growth bollocks the, I, I would really love to get Kwanzi Kwantang on TV and just say no (laughs) and say could you define trickle down economics for me I'd love to hear him explain or give a definition of trickle down economics that does not exactly apply to the budget sorry fiscal event that he's just announced in Parliament Um, okay so so practically I think it's it's, I agree with what you're saying has its risks it has its pros and cons should we say Politically, I think it's one of the worst decisions ever. So poor. <laughs> it's like, just like such an open goal for anyone. Open goal, yeah. Like, um, how can how can how can Liz Truss say that they want high growth, high wage economy, mm-hmm. 
when you're giving uncapping backers bonuses, which, yes, high wage, yeah, but then at the same time telling doctors, nurses, teachers, uh, police, office, police officers, fire service, all of the other public sector workers, no, you must exercise pay restraint, otherwise it will push up inflation. You know? Yes. And actually, if you were to increase doctors, nurses, pay, police officers, teachers, salaries, what are they going to do with the money? Are they going to spend it in their local economy? Or are they going to put it in the Cayman Islands? They're going to spend it in their local economy. And what does that promote? Growth. <laughs> so, yeah, I think the optics of it is terrible. Absolutely bullshit. Yeah, it's not. Um, I, and it, I think it's a, a running theme of the whole budget, really. Yeah. Was that, I'm not sure what their their plan was. Maybe it's to get all the uh, unpopular stuff out of the way. So, um, before we finish on the budget, remind me that I've got something to say about that. Okay, so let's just talk about, the, let's just continue to talk about the other things yeah. that are in the budget, okay? Uh, getting rid of the top rate of tax. Okay, yeah, so for me, that one just makes, I don't understand that one either. No, don't understand. Well, it's it's sort of the same reason, right? Giving rich people more money so that they potentially spend it to promote growth. I think I would argue that if you give... And and we're talking... I would say, I would argue if you give people on lower incomes more money, they will definitely spend it. Yes. Yes. But if you give high, rich people more money, there is... Because I now work in financial services, mm. doing personal um, personal finance. And I can tell you that all they're going to do is stick it in their ISA. Yeah. Or, or, you know, stick it in... You know, their, max out their pension contributions. Because they it's not like they're... They don't they're, need they're it. They're not going to go out and buy a car. No. They've already got a car. They'll fall. I mean? Five on the way. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's not something that will... That, it doesn't really mean anything to them to get an extra £10,000 no. a year in there. And actually, imagine if you gave <coughs> that to someone on universal credit. The sort of change oh. that that could... Exactly. Yeah. Even if you just kept the £20, 20 pound universal credit uplift, how much of that would, you know, go into supermarkets yep. and buying kids' clothes? I think that, that would thing. be... That would contribute more to, towards growth than of any of the measures that... Um, they've announced and actually in terms of like you know uh, cutting the basic tax from 20% to 19% yeah that sounds that as a headline that sounds quite good but they're not going to really notice it are they like it's it's a matter of like a, i think i've read somewhere on someone on really low uh, wage it's like a matter of 121 pounds a year yeah or i think i think that's for a nurse actually it's like 121 pounds a year that's about how much i'll get with, which with is, national insurance as well. Yeah, which is is not much in the grand scheme of things. When b- bills are really, really high, you know, food's really expensive, um, inflation's going through the roof, and wage stag- um, being very stagnant, yeah. it's not going to make a, a big difference in, in the grand scheme of things. But giving people money might. Yeah, I mean, I think there's there's lots of ways to look at it, but, but I, I, I also think that... Um, I agree that... It, Cutting that twenty percent to nineteen is not going to do marginal. It's not going to do a particular mm. amount. I think it is. It's not a bad idea. Um, but what I would have liked to have seen is not slashing that that top rate no. and instead helping the very very poorest. Mm. Um, and what I think what we're seeing now, in a particular, is 
these is what happens when a government's been in power for such a long time is you start with David Cameron who's essentially Tony Blair light yeah um, and then or you as, could say Tony Blair right <laughs> <laughs> and as time's gone on all the sort of sensible people from yeah. the party have like had their go and been pushed out and now we're just left with this sort of the rightest of the right wing of the party the dregs the dregs yeah and okay so now we, that, that's most of the budget okay there's obviously more stuff in there but um why do you think why do you think they're doing this um I, I'd just like to briefly touch on the energy the capping energy at 2,500 pounds that's going to cost 60 billion pounds that's a lot of money and that's going to be funded with tax with sorry with um borrowing, borrowing. that is not conservative is it borrowing no money no, I don't... Sound money, as Margaret Thatcher put it. That is not <laughs> sound money. Actually, yeah, that's a very good point. I think mm. that's something that I nearly didn't touch on there. And actually, I think probably peop- uh, Tory MPs in, in the Conservative Party, they are their heads are exploding, right? Mm. They've got this, like, Tory ideology, which is tax cutting, which really tickles their balls, right? Really gets them hard. But then you've got pay, you know, capping energy prices with billions of pounds worth of borrowing that's going to have to be paid over by the people paid yeah. back over like four years or something mm. so like they're really they must be really confused but what was your question why do you think they're doing it yeah so speak my i i sent the same picture that i sent you of Keir Starmer saying he wouldn't abolish the lower tax cut but he would reinstate the 45 for uh, 45 um pence, pence uh, tax bracket um and he said he's he's got a really good theory about why they're doing this at this time. So he thinks it's in preparation for a conservative loss. Uh, so that they can do all of the unpopular stuff now, get voted out. Labour are going to have to reintroduce t- taxes when they get in government in the next general election. And then they can use that as ammo for... And also they can say, oh, the economy's really shit. You need to vote us back in when actually it was 12 years of their doing... Um, okay. Uh, what, I, what do you think of that theory? I I think it's a. I've also because it is a bit of a scorched earth. I've policy. also been like, I don't know why, but I've also been like saying this as like, as like an idea to people. Mm. Um, but after thinking about it more, it, it just seems silly. Like the people that who are in charge right now, Kwasi Kwarteng, Liz Trust, Jacob Rees Mogg, free especially. Liz Truss and Cardi Carting, they will never if if they lose this election coming up in two years, they will never be in government again. They no. just won't. Because no. they because they've been a disaster based on the policies that they've introduced over the last coming week. They spent their entire lives trying to get to the top and now that they're at the top, they're gonna to try and govern how they've always imagined in their head that they would govern. They're not thinking about two election cycles away. Mm. And trying to and trying to mess up the Labour Party in eight years, they're just not. You think there's no foresight at all? Not not in regards to this, mm. um, because I think with the uh, when Boris Johnson left, he obviously left it in a, a big a bit of a mess there. Well, quite a large mess that he left. Um, but I wouldn't have said that it was nailed on that they were going to lose the election when he left. Mm. But now it is. Okay, but 
but before this week, I think you could have made an argument that if they made the right decisions, they could have scraped a win again mm. um, against Keir, depending on how he performed. Well, I think it's really mad that, like, I don't know how long Liz, Liz, Liz Truss has been Prime Minister, like, what, two weeks? Mm-hmm. Like, some people are saying, like, in the next coming months, it's make or break for her. What's crazy for me is she's making these wild policy decisions sweeping policy decisions mm. unlike what we've seen in, in probably since the early days of Tony Blair mm. but she doesn't have any support to do it no neither from the electorate nor, nor from her, her own party, party. Yeah. so like I was reminded of some stats um, earlier so only 50, M- 50 odd MPs uh, nominated her in the first round yeah. and she only ended up with 120 um, in the last round um, for her to be PM so like that's less than a third. Even in the leadership vote with the public, through her own members, it was mm. only fifty nine percent, which is far lower yeah. than Boris, um, and far well, it's, lower it's, far lower than I think the last three yeah, yeah. That's leadership right. elections. That's right. Um, which were all a plus sixty percent right. in, in favour of the, the one who eventually won. Mm. So I just don't get it. I really don't get it. Um and I think before she got in, and I think before the leadership election, I didn't think that she was this right wing. I didn't mm. get that vibe from her at all. Um, maybe that's just my own ignorance of not knowing how she votes and that sort of thing. But I mean, I think she she definitely uh, showcased her credential, her right wing credentials, like in the leadership. Like oh, in the leadership, she was like, absolutely so right wing. But hurt, I kind of thought I kind of thought that years. that. Slightly, maybe naively, was just to oh, pander to the members, pander yeah, to yeah, the yeah. members, and appease the members. Not actually go out and within the first week what, do, do all those things. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. And I was listening to the podcast for the many earlier. Mm. Um, yeah, I something didn't say much. Huh? I did, I did it was something that really annoyed me that I heard on there was What's that, that these um, investment zones. Yeah. yeah. They've got 40 investment zones um, around the UK, which would be low tax, um, basically trying to feed growth into these zones that badly need. It's basically their, because levelling up's over, but it's essentially their attempt at showing that that levelling up is still not completely dead in the water. Mm. But two of these zones are very, very well off, and they're because they're the constituencies of her cabinet. Yeah. Liz Truss's constituency and Jacob Rees-Mogg's. Yeah, the two people that set up the plan. Yeah. <laughs> so isn't, it, isn't it mad also that levelling up is dead? Hasn't even got going. Uh, well, yeah, agreed. But, like, the idea of it is dead. I don't think she mentioned levelling up in, like, her acceptance I, speech. And I think what we can draw from that in a more general sense is that they've basically wiped out what the entire Conservative Party ideology. Well, 2019 the, manifesto commitment. I think, but I think you can go further back and look at when David Cameron brought in, and like we said... The big was, society. Yeah, a one-nation Conservative, as you call them. That has basically what got them elected three, yeah. four times. One, David Cameron twice, right? Cameron twice. Cameron twice. Uh, and May. 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 Once. Boris. Four. Oh, I don't know if Boris is a one-nation conservative. But, he, but again... Yeah, he, may, he, he still, might have um, <coughs> campaigned he was, on it. 
he wasn't okay. He wasn't necessarily a one nation conservative. But what I'm saying is that his policies were broadly in line with what had come before him. Even mm. if he was a bit more high spending and he was sort of a bit more out there, and he was very flexible. Yeah, he very moved, flexible. He very much moved the Overton window, didn't he? So that's what's brought them this sort of level of success, which they haven't seen since you know Margaret Thatcher's mm. era. Um, and they've just completely done away with it in a week. They're just like, no, 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 don't worry about any of that. Speaking of Margaret Thatcher, do you think it's because she's modelling herself on a Margaret Thatcher light, a Margaret Thatcher Mark II? I mean, I some mean, of, some of the pictures that she's I had. Yeah. I mean, but if that is the case, uh, for, for listeners, Henry just looked at the floor and just shook his head <laughs> and went, "I know." <laughs> but if that is the case, I don't think it resonates with the people today. No, no, that that era. Is so gone. My, my granddad is Labour, he's left wing, and he said, I said, I said to him, I was like, granddad, what do you think, who's like the best Prime Minister that you've lived through? And he said, well, Tony Blair and Margaret Thatcher. I was like, what, Margaret Thatcher? He said, she needed to do a lot of the unpopular things that need to happen. He didn't agree with all of them, but he was like, needed to happen. Yeah. Um, I just don't think that brand of politics anymore works just like how the very left wing brand of politics of the labor of old doesn't doesn't cut through in the way that no. that people on the left want it to cut through people now are very very much more a bet not so much with the rise of populism but you could argue that Boris is populist but he also had some sort of very boring normal policies yeah um People are generally now more towards the centre, so more towards slightly to the left, slightly to the right. Um, do so you have, I can't. Do you I, have any figures to back that up? I know Tony Blair always said that British politics was one in the centre ground. Yes, mm. I just think you can base it on the last twenty years of elections, twenty-five years of elections. Mm. That generally is the case. You, yeah. you know, you would have leaders that would come up against um, centre ground. Opposition, so you'd have Tony Blair, Hague, mm. Tony. Obviously, Tony would win anyway because he's charismatic or whatever. But um, William Hague, <laughs> but the again, Conservative you'd have, Party. You'd have, you'd have Jeremy Corbyn come up against Theresa May. I think. I think recently there's been a massive sort of widening of the polars of British politics, isn't it? Like you've had Corbynism, you've had mm. Boris Johnson's and Liz Truss's sort of conservatism yeah I would I would argue that 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 so I think maybe what people in Liz Truss's team maybe think is that this age of the centre ground is gone you know that age of, of trying to of trying to include everybody mm. uh, and make things be- the best for everybody and, and, and appeal to everybody to get everybody's vote is maybe not there anymore but I would wholly disagree with I would that. also wholly disagree because <laughs> Again, listening to For the Many today, they're right when they say, you know, think about the Red War. That's gone mm-hmm. with all this, you know, right wing shit. Of course, because it doesn't it, appeal to them. It doesn't appeal to their constituents either. Yeah. They've been left out to, and they've been forced now to support something which they clearly do not. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was something that the Conservative Party especially in the early 2010s and late 2000s, worked really, really hard to build was this support amongst these sort of centre-ground yeah. conservatives to get these red wall seats. And she just destroyed it in two weeks. I just don't understand that. 
Well, there is a by-election coming up, actually, okay, in West Lancashire. <laughs> so Rosie Cooper stepped down or decided to not be an MP more, anymore to be a chair of some health organisation, some NHS trust or something. Okay. So I think that'd be interesting. Good test of uh, but I think trussy. But I think who, how, what was it like in the last election? How did she hold on to it? I don't know. I don't strong. think she had a massive majority. Um, but it'll be a good test. Yeah. Keir versus Liz. I think it'll be good. Liz. Um, what have you heard come out of the conference so far? Uh, I actually listened to Angela Rayner live. She talked, she's very good. She, I was listening to her. I was like, she sounds very, very good. Yeah. Um, she talked about how she would get rid of this VIP lane. Well, I mean, it's a bit of old news about... The, she talked about the VIP lane for PPE back in the pandemic. Now, she would she would make sure that the tendering process would benefit or be um, would advantage... Sorry. Small businesses and independent businesses would be advantaged when applying for tender. Basically, they would reward businesses that pay tax in this country and adhere to all the rules, etc. Um, which I think is... I, I mean, it's good... It's good um, talking about business and a deputy of the lead party and talking about sort of trying to grow small independent business. Yeah, it's a good it's a good look. It's good optics. I think I think what he's doing is he looks like he's finally building a decent team. Okay, yeah. Um, but they just need to get out there a bit more, really. Yeah, um, yeah. And of course, we've had this discussion before about whether he does need to so far away from a general election. But I think you're right. Now's the time. Two years away. It's not. Building that image, not necessarily putting for. I still disagree. Lots of people say, "Oh, what do they stand yeah. for? What do they stand for?" I they still disagree that, that that you don't need to do that right now. But what he needs to do is be out there, looking like a prime minister in waiting, and especially not just him, but his entire team needs to be out there. You know, Ed Miliband, and, and we need Lorena. to know what they not necessarily policy, but we need to know what they stand exactly. for. Exactly, and we talk about sort of. Gorn Brown, when he, sorry, not Gorn Brown, Tony Blair, when he became opposition leader, sort of developed this sort of hope politics and stuff like that. And he really, like, you know, um, sort of galvanised, enriched his image as it came up to the 1997 election. I think that I would agree with a lot of people right now that Keir just seems to say that he doesn't like stuff. Mm. But I would also agree that since we last the podcast, He's actually putting forward a lot more interesting ideas yeah. himself, and and actually, I I have not voted Labour in the last election. Oh, I'm not shock here. I voted Green, and um, I I haven't actually read it. And maybe we'll talk about this next time on the podcast. But they did make a really big announcement at the conference today about really focusing on green policy, and like that is something. If that was going to have legs and a lot of weight behind it something that might persuade me to switch back I think that's good because they, they really need sorry really need to claw back some of that that green vote because they're losing out to it yeah like, I would say that the policy so the policy that was announced that they would spend 27 billion pounds a year on green energy um, what's not to like that's the policy um, fully costed unlike a lot of the conservative mm-hmm. policies um I also think it was a great time to announce it, just as um, the Conservatives are trying to push through this fracking thing. Yeah. Which, by the way, is another one, which is just, for me, is completely baffling. Okay, one, because it's going to take at least 15 years to set up yeah. and get it fully operational. Mm-hmm. 
Two, because no one in the local areas actually wants it. Oh, it's going to have local consent, uh, Henry. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> no one actually wants it. Um, and three, it's political suicide, because the country in general thinks it's a terrible idea. <clears throat> also, another point to that, um, it the research has shown, or in fact, I think Kwasi Kwarteng himself oh, yes. talked about this, um, and uh, Ed Miliband, who has absolutely smashed it at the ballot box recently. I vote, I actually voted for Ed, Chaos, uh, Ed Miliband, uh, Chaos with Ed Miliband many years ago, and I wish he got in. I wasn't a very he, no, you weren't. <coughs> young, younger. Vote my first. Keener Bean. Post my first ballot at the 2016 referendum. Oh, um, <coughs> Voted leave, yeah? Yeah, thank God we got our country back. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, it's satirically there. Um, he looks great. Yeah, he, he basically qu- quoted Quasi Quartan uh, um, talk about word. how word for word about how he said it's not going to decrease the cost of energy anytime soon, um, it, and lots of this evidence that said it was really bad and like a, a, a non-starter. Because and it makes no Quasi sense. Quasi Quartan was sat there, the camera panned him, absolutely gobsmacked. Gobsmacked. And obviously it wouldn't because, and one of the points that you made in that speech was that all you're doing is adding to the wholesale market of Europe mm. you're not decreasing prices at home because there's still a private firm Quadrilla taking the energy and selling it on the open market to Europe in general so what you're doing is you're take it's a tiny drop in the ocean so in no way will it decrease prices no. for anyone in the UK all you're doing is helping your private business make private profits that's what you're doing that's what they love though yeah. what they love so another interesting point I think about the budget and I think about what's happening in general is that over the past few years Labour has really struggled to unite itself because they found that the Conservatives for some Labour Party members occupied the space that they once occupied under Tony Blair or people that were more towards the centre so you had the left of the party who wanted more radical reforms and the centre of the party who didn't know what to do because a lot of their policies they would have liked not all of them but a lot of them the Conservatives were putting into place themselves sort of a fight for the centre a fight for the centre Um, and what you have now is with the Conservatives swinging madly to the right all you're doing is uniting and you're also opening up this massive gap in the market so to say but you're you're opening up Labour completely and Mm. uniting the entire left you know, against them. Mm-hmm. So it's literally an open goal because now... Can't wait. Before where you would have such infighting with the Labour Party in the, in the correct direction to take the party, now I think all Keir has to do is just stay left of where Truss is. That's all he has to do. Which could be one nation conservative <laughs> at this point. <laughs> it could be, yeah. yeah. Um, but at least it would be an improvement and I think it, mm-hmm. I think it, he is extremely qualified for the job and I think he'd do an excellent job. Um, Fingers crossed. He's, I mean, any role that he's he's been in previously, whether that be legally or in the opposition, I think he's done it competently and professionally. I can't see any reason why he wouldn't continue to do that. Yeah. Um, it's, but it's about really. public opinion, isn't it? And if they don't win, the country's fucked, so I'm just going to move somewhere else. Cause that it, is how <coughs> I'm feeling as well. We'll be it, doing, what, imagine that in we'll 2024 and Trust wins re-election. Oh my God, shoot me now. I, we'd be doing this podcast from, I don't know, Beach in New Zealand. 
Yeah. Jacob Reese Mogg becomes Lord Mogg. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, she, you know. Fuck Well, he <laughs> talks like a lord, doesn't he? He probably is related, isn't he? To some oh, he's. Landed gentry. Yeah. So, yeah. Also, just about um, how mad is it? Like a pound has plummeted. Yeah. Like, in terms that. of like buying the dollar, it's like one pound, one dollar eight cents. That's correct. And like lowest in thirty cents. Yeah, and lots of eco- economists, lots of think tanks, which are right wing think tanks, are saying that this is a terrible idea, and Liz and Quasi are just ignoring it. It's mental. It's because they. You can't borrow that amount and also cut taxes. You have to do hmm. one or the other. So you can't spend 150 billion, which is 20% of the. Co- sort of like a double whammy. Which is it? 20% of the government's budget yeah, for a year. Whole expenditure. Right? In one whack, all to borrowing, while simultaneously spending billions on cuts. On, on tax cuts you have to do one or the other and I think one of the reasons I keep saying and I think but one of the reasons that Thatcher was so popular is because she she knew when to do one and she knew when to do the other you can't just do both because it's yeah. just going to lead to complete chaos and, and although you might get a little bump of support now when people realise they get a bit of extra in their pay packet mm. or you get the media a bit more on your side because they all earn over 150 grand a year. Yeah. In a year's time, when prices are still high, inflation's still high. Or higher. Or higher. House prices are still high. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about that. We can talk about that if you like. Um, yeah, like getting rid of stamp duty. You explained it very well to me, actually, because I was like, stamp, cutting stamp duty is a good thing. Uh-huh. But, of course, what you were saying to me is that it'll just rise a, it, there'll be a rise of demand in the housing market which and estate agents will say oh well they won't have to pay five grand on stamp duty anymore we can bang that on the bump the price, bump up, the price up and then people like us who are non-home owners will yet again be shut out of buying a house a yeah. first time home some people really disagree with stamp duty as a whole because it's um, tax on, la- on people, property no. people argue that it's unnecessary tax you don't get you don't get taxed I think maybe on a second home that's you don't get taxed that amount for any other purchase mm. that's what they're saying which, uh, which I guess is a fair argument but I would argue that the government needs all the money it can get right now and cutting stamp duty to that amount is and it, to be fair, it's good that they they are raising the the threshold for stamp duty. So it was a one twenty five. I would argue that it should. She's a garden shed in Bristol. I would, I would argue that it should have been higher anyway, or at least keeping keeping. Um, at least it was indexed so that it kept um, pace with the rising house prices in mm, general, yeah, yeah, yeah. which it wasn't doing. So it, it should have been higher, but abolishing it, um, or up to two hundred and fifty grand, is. Basically, what they're trying to do is continue to stimulate the housing market, which I would argue is a terrible idea. Now, I know that the country doesn't need another economic crash or anything. I'd like it so I can buy a house. Yeah, but most people do own houses. Yeah, which is the thing. Um, but but I just I just continuing to fund a market which is clearly broken is not a long term solution. So when you come to that 
cut stamp duty, all you're doing is increasing demand for houses because people are now saying they can afford them. So they go rush out and buy all the houses, it sends mm. the price up because you don't have that backup there of supply because the government isn't building nearly enough. They said they would build far, far, far more new homes than they are than building. They, have, yeah. um, they they never got a chance to to sort of um, do the big housing build scheme that they wanted to. You could argue that was because of COVID or whatever. Mm. But they nevertheless, they didn't do it. Um, and I think what that means is that house prices will continue to rise and all that's going to happen is there'll be a sharp, sharp shock to the system once normal people who are just trying to buy a house can't even afford it with their parents' help. If you think about right now, I know Bristol were in a bubble and house prices are much higher than the rest of the country yeah. in general. But I think as we're it, like one of the top, actually. Yeah, if you're a single per- person... Outside of London. If you're a single person in Bristol and you earn 40 grand a year, you probably still wouldn't be able to afford a house. No. And what's funny is that like you'd be paying less mortgage than you would do rent. Uh-huh. Is that mad? Bank, no, we... Uh, hi, I'm a bank manager. No, you, we, we. Sorry, you don't earn enough. Um, okay, I, I we, don't. I don't agree with that argument because what? the bank wants to lend you money because it makes money off of you. Yeah, all they're doing is it's based on risk, right? So you can't overload the, the housing market with risk just because people say, "Oh, I'll, I'll pay less in rent. I don't make pay more in rent. I don't make no sense." But, but you have to p- repay your mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> you have to repay your mortgage every month. Yeah. 30 years. And I have not missed I know one haven't. rent. I know you haven't, but the, the banks want to lend you as much as they physically can because they can charge you then interest mm. on that. It's not like they're doing it because they're mean. They want to make money off you. No, they're mean. <laughs> it's just that all it is right now is that house prices are too high. Mm. That's what it is. It's not, it's not to do with... Um, because obviously I know rent's higher than, than mortgages, but that's because rent is... you stop paying rent any time you like and the you know the landlord might chase you for three months rent they're not going to chase you for two hundred fifty thousand pounds of a of a mortgage are they my rent's not that expensive <clears throat> yeah um do you want to talk about something else it will only be for, for a couple of minutes because like we're nearing an hour now um i want to talk about covid just briefly oh, okay. only because um where i work got rid of masks don't have to wear them anymore in the hospital yeah so you only have to wear them if you, they have covid or if they have respiratory symptoms aka Sean's breath cough uh temperature or if the, they are immunocompromised like a cancer patient receiving chemo wow. and have a reduced immune that's system that's a huge shout which is huge yeah so um one of the hospitals in in bristol tried this a couple of months ago and there's massive covid outbreaks so <laughs> installed them back again but um yeah now both hospitals in bristol um you don't have to wear them which is really nice and it's good for you it's nice for me people see my beautiful face yeah <laughs> wow that is actually that's huge and i think that points to the fact that um something that the government did correctly was to not shut down in december it was a gamble, um, it was but a gamble, yeah, it paid but off. It definitely, definitely yeah. paid but, off. But I mean, the thing is, is that with 
like infection rates at the moment, we don't know the true number because you now have to pay for lateral flow tests, um, which means that less people are doing them. You don't have to report lateral flow tests officially um, because you don't need a confirmatory PCR. So we don't actually know the true level of COVID rip-roaring around the community. However, you're right, (laughs) we don't really need to know because enough of the population is vaccinated. Having said that, I got my COVID vaccine today. Oh, nice. My fourth one. Which fourth one did you get? It was some Moderna one. I've not had a Moderna one. I feel all right. I've had a Moderna yeah. one. Oh, 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 I do have it's a bit of far. muscle uh, pain. You might there, feel but... a bit sick tomorrow. Yeah, I'm working um, tomorrow. God almighty. Yeah, um, that's, that's crazy. Should we wrap yeah. up? Um, yeah, I will. And I'll just say one thing, more thing on COVID. I don't know if you saw the World Health Organization General, uh, General Secretary saying that the end of the pandemic is in sight. How nice is that? And I saw that Joe Biden said that the pandemic is over in the United oh. States. But what I did realise that when you went, when I went away, mm. is that a lot of the world has taken to wearing masks as a cultural thing everywhere, like Asia, Central America, South yeah, America, yeah. on the street. Mm. Um, not necessarily because it's the law anymore over there, mm. but it sort of became a thing that was polite. Yeah. And may I say, thank God we live in England. Because <laughs> I hated wearing a mask out there. Um, Do not lecture me, boy, on wearing a mask. Please. It's horrible, isn't it? And yes. Um, when there's no COVID about, completely pointless. So you don't know where there's any COVID about. That's the thing. But you know what I mean. And could you just let all the listeners? I might as well know... just walk around in a hazmat suit, so I never get ill. Pointless. <laughs> walk around naked. Um, can you just tell the listeners how many vaccines you've had? Five. Five vaccines. So then. So don't anyone try and say that just because of what I just said, I'm an anti-vaxxer. Collect them all. <laughs> Gotta catch them all. Pokemon. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> Pokemon there. Okay. Um, See ya. Do you want to say anything else? No, I'm done. Is <laughs> he literally getting up? Uh, thanks for listening for, to... Thanks, oh, right, everyone. Bye. Oh, my God. Um, thanks for listening for Comments Commission. I was Alex Holderman. He's Henry Bishop. Um, you really do have to go off, don't you? Where yeah, are you I've going? Gotta go. I've got to go. I've got a family barbecue. A barbecue, lovely. All right, we'll enjoy that. Um, we'll try and do this again soon. Yeah. Yeah. If we could do this next week, that'd be good. I busy. Itchy, itchy oh. I've got a busy week next week, but I'm sure we can fit something. Maybe this time next week, on Sunday. Yeah, I'd like to discuss the Labour Party conference. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot come out. Oh, yeah, we we'll can do, do a bit of research on it to answer. Oh, yeah. Blabbering. Okay. I mean, we've done pretty well, actually. So. I think that shows the level of my... Um... Blown his own trumpet? No, the opposite. Oh. How sort of poor the research was before that I don't think the quality's decreased, even though I'm just talking <laughs> off the top of my head. No, we did have some stats and figures yeah. that we liked to bash. I did put out a couple today, but they were all from For The Money podcast that I listened to <laughs> like an hour ago. <laughs> Okay, bye. Bye.